You're listening to the music podcast with Dave and Neil. Hey everyone, welcome to the Music Podcast with Dave and Neil. Uh, Dave is not here, he's been a giant jerk, um, but that's okay because I'm joined in the studio by uh, two legends, two awesome people in Les Larry from Primus. Guys, welcome to the studio, welcome to Australia. Thanks for having us. So who's this Dave guy? Is Dave, Dave is the co-host of the podcast, ah. uh, but he had but other he stuff to do. Like Primus. Well, I, I, apparently, I'm going to tell him that we, we can record this and we can just tell him that he's a dick because the reality is he should be here and he's not. But How big fine. is Dave before I start saying anything? No, he's him. not big at all. All right. Yeah, big. that's fine. Well, yeah. What's he doing? Is he doing something in uh, fun? Because, yeah, I mean, like, spoiler alert, listeners, this was organized yesterday and Dave had other commitments. Ah. Pathetic. So, um, I mean, you guys told me right before we started, you've been in the country for, what, a day and a half now? Yes. And the jet lag is real? Uh, it's you know it's it's there it's yeah. it's 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 poking its head out every now and again. Mm. I mean, we are recording this on a Friday morning, so as I say this, uh, your first show is tonight in Sydney at the Enmore Theatre. First show of the tour. Are we ready? Are we good to go? No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I was saying um, as well before, like I was watching uh, uh, someone record the whole concert on YouTube. I think it might have been I mean, the last time you guys were here. It was at the Enmore Theatre. I mean, you guys said, it's pretty vague. Like, do you have fond memories of, of, of playing in Australia? I don't remember places like as theatres and sure. venues and whatnot. Lerb will remember every little thing. He'll remember what was on the deli tray. He'll remember, you know, <laughs> the, whether the toilet seat was one of those fast closers or slow closers. Yeah. You know, it's just, I, I don't have that, that gene or yeah. that enzyme that circulates through my synapse. So, yeah. Uh, but I love Australia. <laughs> <laughs> We're great. The fans are great. I mean, but like when you guys, I mean, you guys, how many times have you come out here? I mean, probably like 10 times. Yeah. The first time we came, it was Big Day Out. It was yeah. with like Soundgarden and the Ramones. So it's a couple of indie bands, obviously. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy Holly. <laughs> yeah. Bjork was there. So. Yeah. yeah. I was reminiscing last night that we were hanging out on coogee beach with uh chris cornell back in the day and that was, yeah kind of took me back yeah as we were as we were sauntering through the night last night so i mean that's it's, i mean that's pretty cool and also obviously really sad as well i mean were you close with someone like chris cornell well we that was one of our first tours was way back playing clubs about the size of this room that we're yeah. sitting in with Soundgarden. yeah so it was definitely early part of our history and yeah so it's, I mean, yeah, like, it is really cool, but I mean, you guys are here now uh, in support of the September release, I want to say, ninth album, The Desaturating Seven. How has the reception been so far from from both fans in Australia and, and back home? It's been spectacular. It's like triple platinum. We've won, yeah. won a bunch of Grammys. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty sweet, dude. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's one above whatever Bruno Mars is doing. That's how it's been received. He was just here, actually. So In this room? Well, not this particular room, but <laughs> he was touring. He was, uh, I think it was the same time as Ed Sheeran was here. I was actually kind of fucked up because in the precinct that he was performing out next door was Ed Sheeran playing at 80,000 people. So there was about 110,000 people in like the one area. So that was fun. Yeah, our records, our records one above those two put together. That's yeah, so, all it's been received. Yeah, I mean, like when are Primus going to be back in stadiums is my question. When are we going to get that 150 cap? Probably to see Ed Sheeran or Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> Just ask Ed Sheeran if he wants to come along support act. He'll do it. Sounds like it. Yeah. 
He'd be game for that. I mean, and the live show as well. I mean, have have you guys evolved it since the last time you were here? I mean, we know that Prime has put on one hell of a show, both uh, musically and visually. I don't know if evolve is the word. Mutate might be a, <laughs> a better a better adjective to yeah. use. But but but, but uh, can we expect something crazy this time? Define crazy. Outfits. Outfits. What are we looking at this time? <laughs> is this it? Hey. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool. I just try and dress uh, like Lur as much as I possibly can. Yeah. I mean, you are and looking so pretty snazzy. You've got like the, the three-quarter pants. Yeah, you can't just get these anywhere. <laughs> those are three-quarter pants. They are right I now. I call those the old high-water floods. When I was <laughs> this is what happens when you wash your own, when you do your own laundry, you know what you're doing. <laughs> all right. That's, that's how you get this that's fashion. fashion. Well, I did, <laughs> that's I, how all I, fashion I, begins. Yeah. Well, I wanted to ask you, Les, because obviously we are in Vienna, people. Um, how does it compare to Rancho Relaxo? What did you? What was the question? Well, this is this studio is called Vienna People. We probably should have said oh. that before the podcast started. <laughs> this is Vienna People Studios. Ah, yeah. Right. So, how does it compare to the old home studio? Uh, it's very different. Uh, it's is there a giant Mothman on the wall? Miles away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my, you know, I'm kind of in the woods, and you know, overlooking trees and yeah. pondage, and there's lots of spiders mm. and bats. I got bats living above my studio. Oh, good. They're That's, always a party. That makes you feel safe. Yeah. Yeah, the with the Desaturating Seven, I think it was the first album since 2014, and that album was the first since 2011. As far as recording goes, do you guys feel a certain need to want to record new music, or is it just you have more tunes in you, so let's just record them? It's like a compulsion. It's like an itch. <laughs> <laughs> well, after you did the math, on it sounds like there is some sort of schedule or pattern to it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does it, but it, it, like you know, are you? It's all based on uh, you know, the planets and how they align, yeah. or misalign. Mm. Do you, Do you want to explain more about that? Nah, not really. <laughs> but is that? Or she we, said to keep it light. I don't want to get all deep and heavy. I mean, we can, yeah, we can <laughs> we start we, summoning some demons. We can. We can do that if you like. I'm not going to put any pressure on you. I'm feeling a little pressure. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as far as, you know, recording and writing, are you guys ever start thinking about new material or are you kind of just enjoying touring this last album around? Right now? Mm. Uh, yeah, we're just, we're, this is still, this is new material to us. Yeah, totally. It's still new. Yeah. In fact, I got to do a little brushing up for the show tonight. Yeah. Define brushing up. Listening to the record, <laughs> playing along with it. <laughs> what or at least I, listening to it. What about set lists? Like, do you guys kind of have that down pat well in advance, or is that something that you'll talk about night. this afternoon? Right. Okay. How how much you know from from one start to finish, or is it just certain songs in certain areas? Oh, it's always different. I mean, yeah. there's you know certain songs that m make it into regular rotation because they're just damned fun to play. Mm. Um, but it's different every night. I haven't written it yet for tonight. Wow. Is, it, is that is, surprising? Kind of, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a musician, but I was under the impression. I. <laughs> I was just under the impression that you kind of like you have a certain list that you tour out throughout each. So say, for example, if you're going to write the set list today, will this be the same one that you play in Brisbane on Sunday? No, and, it's, it'll be different. Right, okay. And is that like an hour before, half an hour before? About an hour before. Okay, that's really cool. How do, where do you guys see the Desaturating 7 um, against the rest of your catalogue? He's getting the blank stares now. We're like, uh. it's the only one about goblins. Wow, there you go. That's your, that's your tagline. What was that? <laughs> that's a tagline. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're bringing goblin rock back to the planet. Yeah, because same before. At uh, least this planet. This planet. Yeah. Um, Mike, as you guys would have met the engineer, he's a he's a massive Primus fan. And, he doesn't um, look very massive. You mean like in stature or just like he's just a big fan? 
really he's into a huge music. Fan. Is he waving? He's not as big as Squasher. <laughs> but he he was talking like because obviously you know I'm only 27. My introduction to Primus was South Park. Yeah. Um, but he's been. That's what gets to- me through customs. Oh, good. As yeah. you say, I'm so the yeah. They say, "Oh, so you're a musician, <laughs> eh? What the who who are you?" And I, I say, "Primus," and they usually just glaze over and I yeah. say, "Yeah, you know, South Park." They're like, "Oh," and they stamp me right through. <laughs> <laughs> but when you know when you guys started, I mean, I saw this ridiculous list. You guys are one of the top ten most unusual bands of all time. When you guys get in a studio and, and start recording, do you have the intention to push the boundaries, or is this just you play what you think sounds awesome, and if people consider that unusual, that's on them. It's just sort of what comes out, you know. Mm. You 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 can't you know, you can't choose your pheromone. It just sort of oozes out of you, and this is our musical pheromone. Mm. How's that? Do, I mean, that's good. Do you do you <laughs> do, do you see that in other bands today, though? Like, do what you, was that? Do you think other bands today are other bands that are out right now pushing boundaries, creating new sounds? Do you see any Primus in Bruno Mars? That was a bad <laughs> example, but you know what I mean. Ah. <laughs> uh. I this is the part where I have to admit I'm so lazy I'm listening to new bands and you know I have uh kids like my daughter's 11 so I unfortunately I hear way more Bruno Mars and Ed Sheeran than sure. than almost anything else. Yeah. Can I just say I have no idea who the hell Ed Sheeran even is? Well, consider yourself lucky, <laughs> yeah. pal. You know like you, you, you don't know what he looks like or I have no have... clue he could be, he could be urinating on my leg right now and I wouldn't know. The, who he was. Well, literally all this new pop music, I was the other day I was riding in the car cuz as soon as my daughter gets in the car she turns it on and it's like, you know, this this rotation of the same 20 songs. I go, "You know what? I don't think I've heard someone actually playing an instrument or hitting a drum in mm. this whole round of songs." Mm. So it's a bizarre time for uh for music in that sense. So do you think it's a kind of like bizarre, unhealthy stage as far as, you know, dance music, generic pop music goes? I guess over in the overall no, scheme, no. hopefully it's people always, are going to be always, into there's it. Always, there's, it's always like this. It's mm. always, there's always, you know, there, it depends on what you're looking for. You know, one person's poison is another person's, you know, feast. Mm. Um, there's always what's bubbling under to counter uh, balance the, you know, the easy to swallow music that's or any art that's yeah. made for the masses so did you uh, feel- I, I don't think it's that much different now than it was in the 90s it's just a different the landscape's a little different so you felt the same way when you guys were starting up well, like we how- were rebelling against everything you know we were primus so here like, yeah we were it was a joke we never thought we never thought we'd get on the radio let alone mtv mm. so when it started happening we were like whoa what the hell's going on and and it was a bizarre thing for us um and i'm sure for most of the planet but um <laughs> Uh, you know, I remember years ago, and I, I like telling this story about how we had a meeting with our uh, our then attorney, and we had been offered this publishing deal. And he said, you know, for this publishing deal to go sour on you, you'd have to sell more than 100,000 records. Now, do you honestly believe, we're sitting there in his office, do you honestly believe you'll sell more than 100,000 records? And we kind of looked at each other, and we're like, yeah, well, that's... That's a lot of records. You know, yeah, we should take this deal. And thank God we didn't, because we've obviously sold millions of records. But <laughs> at the time, we were just as so you, you were just a couple of kids wanting to make some fun music. It didn't really like. Did it bother? Like, was it always an aspiration to be one of the biggest bands? No, I mean I don't know. It's I mean when you're when you're young, you just kind of doing what you do, mm. or at least we were. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, with I wanted you mentioned South Park before. I have to ask about South Park. Go we ahead. we all we all know the story about how Trey and, their hearts. Trey and Matt were a big Primus fans. I mean, is that just as simply as it was how it started? They approached Primus at the time when this is a, a no name no name 
uh, you know, people behind it, No Name Show. What is your initial reaction? To, hey, give us a theme song. And you're like, eh. yeah, we saw the the uh, um, Spirit of Christmas, the sure. thing that was going around the internet. Our manager said, hey, these guys want you to do a theme song. They'd get a pilot to go into comedy. So, and we just thought it was hilarious. So we said, okay, we'll do it. And <clears throat> a fellow by the name of Jason McHugh, who has now become a good friend or has been for many years, he actually co-produced, he produced my Electric Apricot film. Mm. Um, he was the one that originally contacted us and said, hey, you know, Matt and Trey are big fans. Can you guys want to do this theme song? And so we had just we had just gotten a new drummer in the band. This Brain it was when Brain uh, from the Brown album era had joined the band. We said, oh, OK, let's just do it. And we never thought it'd get on television, let <laughs> yeah. alone become an international phenomenon and yeah. put my kids through college. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, you know, it's spectacular when something like that happens because, you know, Matt and Trey, they're great guys. They're very good friends and they're they're genius. Everything they do is just spectacular and genius. And it's it's pushed the parameters and opened doors for a lot of people mm. to to do things that just weren't being done back when that first showed up. So mm. it's those are the people I'm rooting for, mm. on, on, you know, is when someone comes along and does that sort of thing. Because I heard, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong here, but was when you guys initially did that recording, Matt Stone needed something different from you, and you think you were in Denver at the time, and he actually came to one of the shows and somehow got backstage and was like, hey, can you re-record this? Is that true? It's very close. Um, basically, we made the song, which is the actually the outro music to the show. Yeah. It's a slower version than the intro, and... Um, Comedy Central said, you know, it's just too slow. It needs, you know, it needs to be a little peppier. And, you know, we were like, hey, you know, we already did our part, you know, just speed it up. And so they sped it up. <laughs> and then one of their buddies came to the show at Red Rocks and I sat in the uh, um, in the in the catering room and redid my vocal part to the sped up version of the song. And that's how it became what it became. And you guys are still friends with Matt and Trey now? Yeah. That's awesome. What about can we talk about royalties or is that like no. legally binding? Why would you want to talk about royalties? Well, that's <laughs> Think of how many times that intro gets played. Yeah, but you got to figure it's it's cable. It's not it's not um, it's not networks. Not friends. It's yeah. not friends. It's, okay. it's not like what you it's not what you it's not what you think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that would have come at an interesting time for Primus because when I mean, you guys were already had blown up at that stage, you know, when you hear these kind of little anecdotes about We'd bands blown up, blew out, blew all over the place. I mean, you <laughs> were blown everywhere. You guys headline Lollapalooza 94, right? I mean, Three. and South Park 93 Correct. and and South Park didn't start till 97. Um, and we hear you know, these are back in the old covered wagon days. <laughs> yeah, you, you hear these funny little stories about how these little things help bands get to the next stage. You guys were already at that stage, so like it was kind of like you guys put South Park, South Park on the map, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fucking tell everyone. I like that. the way you think, pal. <laughs> we're gonna need that in writing. <laughs> Do you guys watch the show? Yeah. Yes. One of the most awkward moments of my entire parental career was watching. South Park with my 14-year-old son. And it was the episode where, uh, was it Kyle's dad was sneaking off to the steam baths and was being oh, right. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. sodomized yeah. by <laughs> large black men. So... <laughs> It was, it was, you know, it was a little awkward. Was it one of those, <laughs> was it one of those things where you told you, said, hey, you got to come watch this because I, I've made the no, music. No, 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 to be honest with you, so check this out. So we had a show in Brooklyn, yeah. a big outdoor uh, amphitheater. And so Matt and Trey were there. And uh, there's my kids, and they were probably, you know, my daughter was probably 12, my son was probably 13 at the time. And they're talking blah, 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 blah. And so they said something about, about Family Guy. And so Matt, either Matt or Trey, I can't remember, says, oh, well, so what do you think of South Park? 
And my son goes, well, we're not allowed to watch South Park. <laughs> and they both, it was as if their heads were on a, 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 a connected servo. The exorcist, yeah. They just went, and looked dead at me, right? And like, like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, uh, is it getting hot in here? <laughs> and so I had to, of course, let my son start yeah. watching South Park after that. And that's when I saw the episode. Did you, him. like, also subliminally help those two write the South Park versus Family Guy episode then? I mean, that would have pissed them off, right? Who did what now? You know the South Park episode where they kind of take the piss out of Family Guy? Okay. Did that, did that start that? Because if you're... No, Primus I, mean, I don't know. Who, who the hell knows? I mean, those guys, you know, <laughs> they move through life and, and write what they see, so... Yeah. That's pretty incredible. No? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Well, we wanted to. T- I want to talk about the festival as well. I mean, you mentioned Lollapalooza. Um, we kind of have this thing where we, we bring our guests on and we talk about festival stories. So far, the highlight is a band called Newfound Glory. Um, they are at a festival, I believe, in the UK. Um, and Weezer kicked them out of the touring facility for whatever reason. So the bassist took a shit in their bathroom on top of the toilet and then didn't flush it as payback. Can you guys top that? That's charming. Oh, what a charming, charming what a charming tale. <laughs> Can we top that? It's like some old Frank Zappa story of, you know, him and him and uh, uh, Alice Cooper like crapping on the stage or something. I, you know, I don't know. Mm. No, I mean, we, we, wait, we, it doesn't have to involve shit if that's what <laughs> I don't want really, to involve shit. It doesn't have to be outgrossed. Uh, uh, we have no tales like that. We are well loved and loved. <laughs> Respected. At, at, yeah, we go to these festivals and we, you know, yeah. bond with everyone and, yeah. and sing Kumbaya and <laughs> Look at the stars and try and find the North Star. Do, do I mean as you as you get older, do, do, does the touring and festival circuit become a much more different atmosphere as far as backstage goes? You know, I don't know. I mean, what was the last was the last time we were here? Was Big Day Out? The last time we were here, it was what was the? It was I'm trying to think of you know because it's Arcade Fire and all those yeah. Big Day Out. Yeah, I think that may have been the last Big Day Out. Yeah, ever. It was last yeah. time we were here. Yeah, yeah, and that was great. That was spectacular. Mm. We had a great time. Yeah. Because I, mean, I think we also had like Papa Roach in here one time, and they were talking about like, Marilyn Manson. This this whole idea that this guy always comes around, and he's always mucking around backstage and, and throwing things, and is it all like a lie? And I was like, I was really curious to know. Like, so you're trying to get us to talk some shit about <laughs> talk shit? <laughs> yeah, again, not about shit, just shit in general. You know, I think everyone's well behaved these days. Maybe mm. it's because everyone's got a camera, but I don't know. I don't know if everyone's well. That's a that's bullshit line. Where, <laughs> I'm just trying to cover um, my tracks here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Whatever you heard, it wasn't me. Seems what like Lurd gets in a lot of trouble anytime we're around Slayer. Let's just put it. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was one what of the... What did you do? Uh, well, I don't know if you know this, but Slayer has a Jägermeister endorsement. Sure. Okay, no, I did not know that. Yeah. Well, okay. it's a... Carrie, I found Carrie out the King way. likes to get, get put alcohol into Lurd's bloodstream. Yeah, we were, it was in Melbourne, and uh, my friend Gary from Slayer was filling in. I remember from my Exodus was filling in Slayer. So, you know, we're hanging around. I was like, hey, come out some shots of Jägermeister. I was hanging out in their dressing room. And uh, the next thing I know, it's the next day. And uh, someone just came up and said, yeah, hey, you were saying some pretty crazy stuff to Slash last night. And I was like, hmm, don't remember seeing Slash anywhere around last night. I was right there. Yeah, um, I think it was him. I got was some telling good me photos, that. actually. Oh, my God. <laughs> was that post-set, though? Yes. Okay, yes. good. I was going to say, just to make sure of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't there's, think they're a professional. Yeah, I'm a professional <laughs> after all. I only uh, passed out alcoholic. after the concert. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like we mentioned earlier, like as you guys were coming through in the day, in like the 90s, when a lot of these bands like yourselves weren't as big as they are now, like Metallica. Um, we all know the, the story how you auditioned for Metallica as well. Um, 
with that audition, and I got the gig and I turned it down. You turned it. That's what telling everyone. I said, "Screw you guys. You're going. I don't need you're going this. nowhere." <laughs> yeah. Well, like, well, because like, I think the story goes apparently that you didn't realize at the time that Metallica were that big of a deal. Is that right? Uh, I did not realize they were that big. Yeah. I mean, Kirk's an old high school buddy of mine, so sure. you know, I he said, "Come on down, audition," and I did. And then it, it was, and then I realized after afterwards that wow. That could have been a pretty. Uh, I could have quit my carpentry job. Yeah, but so. carpentry's great. Carpentry was great. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool, <laughs> guys. I, <don't, laughs> I mean, like, if, you, if you're a carpenter and you're listening, that, that's not a sledge. You're doing a great job. Good yes. on you. No, that's fantastic. Well, I want to ask, but you would much rather be in Metallica. Yes, yeah, so if you're doing carpentry you right now, <laughs> if someone if you offers you that, that one out. But like, I mean, <laughs> in hindsight, given your sound, given your music, do you think you would have fit in Metallica? Do you think you would want to be in Metallica? No, see, those guys are intelligent fellows. They said, who the hell is this guy with a braided blonde mohawk with two different colored tennis shoes on? We don't we don't want playing a bass that looks like a hunk of driftwood. You know, that was not that was not even close to their look at the time. Oh, man, but Hetfield did say you were too good. You yeah, should. He's a polite man. Do you think, so are you adamant that <laughs> he, he meant, would just be his, nice? His, he meant to say too weird. <laughs> the word good just happened to pop out of his mouth out of, out of politeness. Yeah. Well, guys, before you go, uh, we do want to ask, um, for aspiring musicians, uh, musicians coming through, with a band like Primus, I think the big question is, how does a band find their sound? Like when, when you guys came through again, your sound was so I thought you were say, how do you fend off the throngs <laughs> of, of... Just... Of... Fans. Women and, yep. and uh, I mean, we, cash. how do you? How does that stop? How does what? The women and the cash. How do you? How do you just tell them all to just wait right, their so turn? That's a secret. Just join Prime. Trade trade secret. Yeah, just join Prime. <laughs> <laughs> <There you go. laughs> but, but because because, because Primus were so oh, are so unique. Sorry, um, and the sound was so different for that time. Is this something you can learn? Is this something that is just in you? Is it like how do you find that particular sound? And I guess what I'm saying is, how, <laughs> how did Primus find that sound? I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's a, to us, it's perfectly a normal sound. It's just what comes out. You mm. know, it's, uh, I mean, obviously you reflect, you reflect your environment, whether it's music or art or film or, and, uh, uh, and then you, there's a little bit of you in there too. Mm. Or I would hope a lot of you. I don't know. I, I mean, how the hell am I supposed to know? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's just a, you are, you are Primus. One of yes. the biggest bands of all time. That's all. If there not the go. biggest. If not the biggest, yeah. If you're listening to Bruno Mars, you've heard it, mate. Uh, <laughs> Les, Larry, thank you so much, guys. Good luck on the tour. Uh, Primus to tour around the country. Check out the gig guide for more details, guys. Thank you so much for coming in. Yep, Thanks no for worries. having us, man.